This is where we've come. From single life, I would go home and read literature after work and have a fine brandy, and now I'm, I'm just getting bathed in other people's shit. Clyde Anderson is the most hairy-chested porn actor from the 70s name you could possibly think of. I can smell you through the Skype. There's a lot that goes on on my shitter. Does your family have a problem with flushing? Talk movies! What is wrong with you? Did you hit your head this week? Piss on my face, piss all over the floor, and I'm, I'm fine! The Shining is basically magic, isn't it? It's like midi-chlorians. And I hear them in the background. I, 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 well, I just hit record. They've been silent for 40 minutes. So as soon I as I hit heard, record... <laughs> hey, boys! Started my meeting, so be quiet! One strike! You hear me? <laughs> That's how I get their attention. I tell them they're on one strike. Usually it's that means if I have to come tell you to be quiet, you're off of YouTube for the rest of the day. Oh, if I have to they... tell you if I have... Oh, that's the, that, that gets their attention. If I have to tell them twice, then they're off TV. They have to go upstairs. Yeah. Uh, but I told them today, they're on a one strike, you go upstairs. I, I want to... Oh, well, have they have they been misbehaving already, or is that just a... No, that's a, a preemptive of... strike. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you on, you know, you still have to watch the kids as, as when they're outside, because like... You know, Lucas is now at the age where he really likes to go fast on his bike, and there's constant construction going on here. Uh, we have actually we have one of those those little uh, you, I got it for my wife for Christmas. So one of those little boxes that you put out by the door, and whenever something goes by, or like whenever someone comes up to the door, it hits record. Yeah, right. Um, they were they were running a sale. I mean, the one that we have is it. They're not that expensive. They're not that expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but it sends it then it sends my wife a. An email saying, "Hey, here's the video." Like, and it only records for a little whatever. But four o'clock in the morning, van slowly drives in, just slow, like way too slow. Van, you know, just circles around and then leaves. Hey, you get the fuck out of here, creepy person. There's there is no reason to be in here at four a.m. No, not there's not one reason to be in here. That was shady, totally shady. Yeah. I mean, there was a new big house going in next to us, and I'm my guess is that this was some some scumbags that were like, "What could we do to get into that house being built and steal shit?" That's would be that would be my guess, or they're just they're just casing the neighborhood and just like, is there some dumbass that leaves their car outside? And the answer is yes, there is multiple. <laughs> Not me, but yeah. there's oh yeah, people's vehicles out, and I'm like. Anyway, yeah. And see, and see, uh, like mo most properties, you can, uh, you know, be fine if the kids go play in the backyard or something. But I have streets on all four sides of my property. So there's nowhere that's enclosed, like, oh, you know, stay in the backyard, because it would be yeah. really weird for somebody to run around your house to try and kidnap your kids or something. So yeah. when my kids are playing, they're in the middle of all the streets. For sake. Yep. And here we go. It begins. Yep, here we go. And I've, uh, I'm, I guess I should just, just start by saying I'm, my face is like literally covered with peppermint oil from essential oils. I got it on my uh, temples, my forehead, behind my ears, behind my, uh, like on the back of my neck, uh, because I've got a dull headache. Yep, here we go.
<sighs> Literally in the kitchen. Blah, 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 blah. It, they know. They have to know. Oh, the second I hit record, it sends a signal to their brain. They're like, oh, I need to climb the walls and make goo-goo noises for no reason whatsoever. Uh-huh. But now, if I had a house with a backyard, I'd send them out back. I can't. They're, yep. Well, I was explaining while you were gone for a little bit. I was explaining about how my whole head is covered in peppermint oil because I've got this, this, this low, dull headache. My own doing, by the way. It's, it's totally. Are, are you one is, of these essential oils, fucks? The only, no, it's just pepper. The peppermint does help, uh, to put a little peppermint on, on your, basically just covering your head in peppermint oil. It takes the headache away for a little bit. Otherwise, and I do like the way peppermint smells, but otherwise, my wife is huge into essential oils. Like we've Oh, got, mine too. Oh, last oh. night she was scrubbing down with four different kinds, and I was sitting on the couch with my face in my shirt because I was... It, it, it has the opposite effect for me. I guess I maybe have a strong sense of smell or something, but I, it gives me a headache. It makes me feel woozy and dizzy. Whatever essential oils does for that to help people, it... It's killing me. It's killing me. I hate it. So what? 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 Uh, what flavors or what was she putting on? I don't know. I don't all of them. It, it, it literally was like four different ones. You had one for her feet. You had one for her head. You had one for this. One for that. And then oh, her oh, oh, yeah. And it, yeah. It, it helps her out, and you know, more power to her. That's great. But it yep. is murdering me. Yeah. Oh yeah, frankincense, and uh, then there's like certain blends, like uh, there's the holiday blend that smells like cinnamon and apples. And there's, uh, oh, what, oh, germ be gone or whatever. So whatever I get, you know, I get six, like six or seven times a year because my immune system sucks balls. And so, you know, she hands over like five or six different kinds that I'm supposed to, you know, shove up my ass and into my ears and up my nose and <laughs> like, nope, still sick, still, mm-hmm. still yep. sick. Yeah. <laughs> there's only been a couple that, that she put on and I, I had to veto like, ah, you can't do that one again. Because I can't sit in the same room with you. Like, there they are. <laughs> and we're done. Oh, I believe that you two has just been cut off from the boys' schedule for the day. Oh, while he's gone doing that, I suppose I should do something. Um, good lord, I have nothing. Um... I'd say the movie that I watched this morning, but good lord, I mean, that's, it's just, it's just pathetic, pathetic what I watched this morning at 5.30 in the morning while working out. I'll give you a hint, it's from Vinegar Syndrome. I'm ashamed of myself. I mean, just shame. I mean, I just, oh, when I was done with my workout, I'm like, what, Eugene, you, what are you doing? And I showered, just showered the filth off and trudged upstairs to slop down cereal and just pounding headache. And just a, a really bad way to start the morning, the day. But uh, and thus far, the, the podcast isn't helping matters at all. We're just, you know, pre-show bitching and post-show bitching and just images of 70s, low-budgetness and hair. Oh, Dear, dear God. Uh, what else? Um, so that's probably about as far as I'll go reviewing that thing, because um, <laughs> I guess I should review it. It's, <laughs> it's funny. 
Um, funny, but not in a good way. Uh, oh, he's back now, so... Oh, do I, do I even need to have a bitch sesh, or does this qualify? Oh, it, well, I, mean, I kind of narrated it a little bit and then explained my shameful morning that I've had. Just shameful. Shameful. Shameful? And, like, oh. Hmm. Oh, just, oh, the... The thing that I watched while working out this morning is just, I'm like, what are you doing with your life, you dumbass? <laughs> oh, but awesome. no, I'm like, okay, let's finish that movie up and put it back on the shelf where it belongs. <laughs> Not on eBay, huh? Nope. And I'm like, oh, oh, Eugene. <laughs> oh, what am I doing? <laughs> well, what, uh, what, what? You're living the dream. That's what you're doing. You're living the dream. Yeah. And, it's, and, 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 and like thinking like, what? Now, what? possibly possessed me to pull that one off the shelf and like oh, that's a that's a that's a good life decision for 5:30 in the morning to start my day out I'm like uh, yep I, there are a few Just, things in life i hate as much as 5:30 in the morning by the way oh yeah me too I, it, on. except maybe 4am the other day when i had to get up for work at 4am you want to talk about yeah. hating life i was hating yep. life yep 4am is definitely worse than 5 or 5:30 but there are anything before 6 is it's not fun. It's yeah, just that's my, my as a lifelong insomniac. That's my premium sleeping time is between four and six. Fuck off anything there. But no, that's when everybody wants to start working now because it's summer and the day is uh-huh. twenty hours long. It's great. Uh-huh. That's great. You can <laughs> eat a bag of dicks and die. Are you ready for the roulette? Um, sure. Uh, did you get it all out? Did you have more bitching? I don't know. Oh no! I, well, I was yeah, just talking about. I was just ready to explain. Or, Talk about the uh, the the movie that I sat through, or not sat through, but worked out during, and it <laughs> oh, only in an alternate reality would universe would anybody possess themselves to. I'm going to lift weights while watching that. I mean, that's it's <laughs> it's, it's it, that in itself could make a documentary series on what's wrong with Eugene the the miniseries. <laughs> uh, developing a psycho. Yep. Coming soon to Netflix. Yep. Okay, uh, uh, I'm Eric. And I'm Eugene. And this is the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And on this episode of the roulette, it is the wolf's call up against the golem. Golem? Golem? Did we figure out how that is pronounced yet? I think golem. Golem. Okay. And I'm up first. The wolf's call, a.k.a. Le Chant de Loup, I think. In the near future, a French submarine finds itself in a crisis situation. And if you've listened to the show, you know that I like submarine movies and seafaring movies for whatever reason, and I'm going to watch every submarine movie because Hunt for Red October was a defining film for me, and I love submarine movies. And I'm happy to report this is one of the better ones that I've seen in quite some time as far as new ones go. This was a damn good movie. And I'm looking here, it says it was an hour 55. Boy, I wouldn't have put this over 90 minutes. It it moved quite well. Starts off kind of with a cold open submarine situation going on. It was really intense. Uh, It moves on to land for maybe a little bit too long. Uh, with some of the guys and what, you know, what they got to deal with, with coming back to land and then uh, getting reassigned and then going back out to sea for the rest of the movie, more or less. And the situation that they had to go deal with, I don't really want to talk about the crisis situation they had to deal with because it gives away too many twists and turns. Like, I, there's no way to explain it. Okay. Other than that you have, you got awesome submarine action 
a really intense plot. No, excuse me. Oh, you just blasted <laughs> me with your death charge. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was uh, that was a whiskey burp, dude, <laughs> and eggs. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just growled at me. That's how it threw me. It's so that was the biggest speed bump I've hit in a while. Um, <laughs> uh, it is a French film, but it was it's dubbed on Netflix and and oh, decently so. The main star of the movie, I recognized him. What did I recognize? Francois Seville. Uh, what the, I knew, I knew him from something. Hold on, hold on a sec. Um, what was it? Oh, as above, so below. Okay. Oh, and in that movie, his name was Papillon. Hmm. Uh, but the Wolf's Call. If you're into submarine movies, I definitely give this a high recommendation. If you're just nah, submarines are okay. I guess like you're not in very interested in that kind of what do we call that a subgenre of film uh, yeah you might be 50 50 on it for you i definitely say keep this in the queue i mean it's got some um, frenchy kind of story turns in it that i think you would appreciate is it the greatest movie ever no but it was absolutely painless for a roulette i i yeah. quite enjoyed this film and i will watch this one again sweet so would that uh, i always like I always have to think, like what would make our top ten? Would that would that be a top ten or so far? Oh, for the year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, over to you, the Gollum. Uh, the Gollum from 2018. This is from directors uh, Yoav Paz and Doron Paz, and I would imagine that they're brothers. They also made Jerusalem, which was a roulette pick of mine. Probably a couple of years ago now at this point that I actually quite liked. And I believe that you watched it too. Was that the Google Glasses one? Yes. Yep. Okay. I thought that was a good movie. Uh, so this is their follow-up. And um, I am happy to report this was a very good movie. I quite liked this. Uh, and really? This is, cool. Oh, this is borderline. This is right there on the gem in the rough. In fact, man, this might be gem in the rough. This is easily top ten, top five even for roulettes thus far. Uh, during an outbreak of a deadly plague, a, mis a mystical woman must save her tight-knit Jewish community from foreign invaders, but the entity she conjures to protect them is a far greater evil. Um, yeah, the more I think about this movie, the more I think it kicks ass. It, uh, it's, it's a horror movie, but it's, uh, it almost is more played as a, a fable. So it's like, it's like a really, really dark fairy tale kind of I guess um, you can tell that the directors got some of their inspiration from the witch at least it seems like it felt like that to me with just this over overlying feel of like oppression uh, like you know kind of an oppressive atmosphere that's kind of what the witch was like mm -hmm. that's in this as well and there's how oh, how do I say that I don't want to spoil it too much but some of the Relation. I'm going to say some of the relationship stuff that's going on in the movie with this tight knit community. Uh, it it felt a little heavy handed, or the delivery wasn't the best, and that's why I probably wouldn't put it as this is an absolute total total gem in the rough. Uh, but other than that, the storyline is great. The imagery is great. The uh, basically this tight knit Jewish community uh, is they are. The Black Plague is all around them, but this community does not get it. So 
the uh, you know the outsiders or whatever you want to call them the uh, oh, what do you call people like us um, uh, heathens or heathens oh, oh or heathens <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, white or whatever <laughs> they, they, just they they're kind of pissed like they think that this Jewish community has kind of put a curse on them and so bad things happen they're, they're basically the outsiders want to want to destroy this community. In the process, this community conjures up a golem. And this is a Jewish folklore type thing. And, oh, there's... Just when you're like, you're kind of settled in like with what's going on, every now and then uh, you'll get an incredibly gory scene. And it's quick, too. Like, it's not a, like... It's just one of these little, like, holy shit, what did I just see? And now we're on to the next scene, and I'm like, I loved that. I loved that. There's another, The Apostle. That's another mm. one that I would kind of say is kind of lumped into this, but uh, this was a good movie. Sweet. Uh, it sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, this, this was cool. Uh, I cannot imagine you're not going to like it. Some of the characters do kind of silly things, but it's a horror movie, and it's to forward the plot, and it's... At that point, I liked everything about it enough to where it's like, I don't give a shit. That's fine. Let's just keep rolling with this. But I, you know, evil killer kid movies I'm all about are killer creature things, I guess. It's hard for me to just, you have to see it. Uh, needless I, to say, because of this movie, I actually rewatched uh, the original uh, The Omen. So there you go. Nice. Uh, well, yeah. I'll be watching it in about three months. Okay, perfect. <laughs> That's a great October movie. Definitely. Awesome. Sounds great. Okay, next round here. Coming your way. We've got... Oh, what am I looking at? I lost my way again. Soul to Keep on Netflix. Uh, why is this? My notes are all messed up here. Uh, two siblings invite friends to their inherited remote country home, but the fun stops when the group summons a demonic force from an old spell book. And that's going to be your roulettiest pick of the week. My opinion. Uh, the hole in the ground. That's great. Spelled. 90 minutes on canopy after Sarah and her young son Chris move to a new rural home, they discover the surrounding forest hides a massive, ominous sinkhole. One night, Chris suddenly disappears in the woods, causing Sarah to panic. He soon returns, but he's changed, distant, increasingly erratic, and prone to violent outbursts. The longer he's back, the more Sarah begins to suspect the boy who has returned is not her son. Official selection at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, and lastly, this is one that you threw me, Nightmare Cinema, two hours on Hoopla Horror Anthology. There you go. Okay. And heading your way, first up is How to Talk to Girls at Parties. This is a fairly recent release. It's uh, rated R, hour and 42 minutes, comedy musical romance. I'm like, okay, but the trailer doesn't... Uh, the trailer sounds weirder than that, I guess. Uh, an alien touring the galaxy breaks away from her group and meets two young inhabitants of the most dangerous place in the universe, the London suburb of Croydon. And this is, uh, Ella Fanning is in this. And she's beautiful. So there you go. That's your first pick. Uh, next up is Leave No Trace. And this one here, uh, I actually am throwing your way because I believe it made our friend Steve's top ten of the year. Uh, this is from 2018, rated PG, hour and 49 minutes. A father and his 13-year-old daughter are living an ideal existence in a vast urban park in Portland, Oregon, when a small mistake derails their lives forever. Starring my man, Ben Foster. There you go. 
Last but not least is one of my top movies of last year. And uh, that would be Ethan Hawke starring uh, First Reformed from director Paul Schrader. Also starring Amanda Siegfried and Cedric the Entertainer. This is a fantastic movie. And I, I'm dying to know what you think of this movie at some point. The acting is just phenomenal. Uh, a minister of a small congregation in upstate New York grapples with mounting despair brought on by tragedy, worldly concerns, and a tormented past. I loved this movie, and I think that Ethan Hawke should have got an Oscar nomination, if not Best Actor Award at the Oscars. So there you go. There's your three. Hmm. A little long on roulettes this week, sir. Ah, but they're tried and true. Well, one of them is. Really? The... the... Romance musical, huh? It's aliens. Give me three horror, be three, three, three horror movies I gave you, by the way. The three, right, right, right yep, down, I, right down your alley. Let's see. I gave you so, yeah. two deep dramas that are over hour forty-five and a musical <laughs> and romance. an alien movie. It's an alien movie. Alien so. musical romance. Oh, trust me, I, I, you're covered. You're covered. Oh, I'm covered yeah. in something. Uh, I guess I'll take First Reformed. There you go. Good man. What, what do you, you want? Um, oh, I was going to say the other one I was going to throw your way was Disobedience. I'm like, that, but drama romance, hour and, <laughs> hour and 54 minutes. <laughs> what is wrong okay. with you? Did you hit your head this week? <laughs> oh, I've got a headache from the whiskey. Well, um, don't be expecting any horror movies next week. Ah, be nice. I gave you an alien movie that you did not pick. That's your own fault. <laughs> musical. A musical. We hate musicals. You monster. Um, uh, for me, I'll take uh, Nightmare City. Uh, that's that's all me. That's cool. That's not on the roulette, though. Do you want Nightmare Cinema instead? Or Nightmare Cinema, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you need to rub some more pepper on your face or something. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm. It's, I'm basking. I, I, my face is tingly. I can smell oh, you through not, the Skype. Oh, I, I know. My my entire office smells like Wrigley's chewing gum and, <laughs> and like stale farts. <sighs> Mine smells like a a stale dog and stale farts. Oh, all Oof. right. There you go. Next time on the roulette, it'll be first reformed up against Nightmare Cinema, and the roulette next time will be different than this week. I, ah! I, I promise you, sir. <laughs> but hey, kudos to you. You didn't take the roulette one this week. You, you. Oh, it was. I'm like, oh, I should have just. I, this roulette was so good. My my golem one was so good. I'm like, you know what? I should take that. I should take that gamble, right? And then I'm like, ah, sold to keep. The title is awful, but it might be good. No, that hole we'll in the ground out. one sounds kind of good, that, but th then that, that sounds like sound the good. what was that one movie, The Pit or something? It sounds kind of yes. like that. Yes. Oh, and there was another one that um, really weird one with the well, with the hole in the ground that oh, what was that called? I think you watched it where there's this little cult in the woods and there's inbreeding going on. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. They, uh, uh, have to sacrifice something to the hole, like the Sarlacc pit type thing in this. Yeah. What was that called? That was a pretty good movie. Jug, jug Face. There you go. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah that was very. Bad. Larry Fessenden was in that too, by the way, if you yes. care to know. Oh yes. The Fess. Yep, yep. good old Fesser. 
Uh, okay, for a second segment here, I thought we'd just rabbit trail. I got some news topics. Uh, but before we do that, we, what do we always have to do when we rabbit trail? Let's talk about some birthdays. And today is one yeah. hell of a day, sir. I don't know if you looked, but Tom Hanks, Richard Roundtree, hey. Toby Cabell, Ooh, no. your girl, Kelly McGillis. Oh, there she guy. is. Uh, Fred Savage. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Smits. Chris Brian, Cooper, hey. Happy, yeah, yeah, Brian Dennehy. I mean, today is a big day. Yeah, Ooh. loaded. Mr. O.J. Simpson, happy birthday to you, buddy. Yeah, not so much. Uh, Courtney not Love. Not so much. <laughs> eh, not so much. Um, <laughs> uh, softcore porn actress Isabel Sarley. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, still, yep. Uh, Jack White from the White Stripes. Yeah, all right, Baker. Happy birthday to you. Uh, see, now we're getting At, into the... That's it. I'm at the bottom the of the C, list. The C-list. C-list? Tan, Tania Fox. Oh, hey, Tania Fox was in... I, I saw a Puppet Master. I'm like, whoa, back up here. Oh, Axis... Wait. Puppet Master, Axis Termination, Art of the Dead, and Attack of the Unknown. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, well, she's Tania. very pretty. Yeah, she is. Um, uh, okay. John got... Tesh. Hey, Joy, oh, John Tesh. He was in Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force. No. And Smurfs Part 2. No. You know John Tash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New wave musician, new age musician, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, hey, before I forget, I got a friend of mine. Uh, he asked me to go to uh, to an uh, Interpol concert uh, next month. Is that a band I should look into? I've like They sound like they've been around for a while, but I've never listened to them. It, eh, I've never yes, heard of them. No? Interpol? Never heard of them. Now they've been around since the '90s, and I'm like, well, I sh- if I should have heard of them, if I would, I mean, I a band that's that old, I would have probably liked them by now. Yeah, yeah, you would think, but maybe anyway. maybe they were just too hip for you. <laughs> that's my thoughts too. Yeah. Okay, I got some topics here for you. We can talk about Akira. Uh, we can talk about Akira. We can talk about Marilyn Manson, or we can talk about Todd Phillips' Joker. That's what's in the news this week, of interest to me. Which one uh, do you want? I definitely want to talk about Marilyn Manson, because I'm imagining that's the news that he was cast in Stephen King's The Stand miniseries. That's correct, sir. The CBS yep. all-access version of The Stand. What do you think about that? And I guess he's doing a song for it. Because uh, when I saw that, I was like, ew, that doesn't oh, make me feel good. I know. It's like, I mean, maybe back in his prime, he could have played one of, uh, one of, the, you know, any number of, uh, of, of the, not the dark, I don't think the dark man, but any, not Randall Flagg, but any one of some of the side bad guy characters, he would have probably been pretty good. But now I'm like, well, who's, what? He's too, he's too old for Randall Flagg, right? I, surely he's not playing a main character. I cannot it, imagine. Because if so, this is in bad shape. Yeah, I would agree. But I'm guessing they do that for, you know, end of the world and, you know, his name carries some weight, I suppose, with creepy evilness, but not... I you know who what... I'm cool with him playing? Uh, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar character that in the first go-round. Remember him? Wasn't it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? What was... Who was he in the first... Uh, he was the guy that just wandered through the streets of New York in a couple of episodes, carrying the end is nigh and ringing the bell. Oh, and, and that was it. See, that, that I could totally yeah, see. That's that. fine. That would Do be that. great. Yep. Especially I gotta go like, make oh, sure. that's Marilyn Manson. I gotta go make sure that was him. 
But yeah, I mean, what what was your gut reaction to that news? I mean, we're, we're I don't know. I was why I don't know. I I mean, yeah. Again, I immediately I'm like, well, not random flag. Um, but then I'm like, well, maybe the trash can man. Um, I don't even or, want him to have that big a role. I know because trash can man has a huge part of that that novel. So I I don't know. Um, I will say that some of the other supposed cast, Whoopi Goldberg as uh, Mother Abigail, I think that that is, that's good. I haven't seen uh, any of the cast. So, yeah, if supposedly Whoopi Goldberg that. is being, uh, and, uh, oh, what's his name? I was um, right, by the way, it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. And, and the official title on that role is Monster Shouter. <laughs> Which there is a Monster Shouter in the actual novel. Okay, huh? Fair enough. Um, no, James but, uh, Mars, I believe Whoopi. James Marsden might be cast as um, as the uh, the Stu? Uh, the rock and roll Larry Larry oh, Underwood, I believe. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, or Stu. I mean, hey, I, I think he's a good actor. I think that that would be a good fit for either of those characters. Would be a good fit. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm still curious, especially now that I finished the book again, the second time, like how Randall Flagg is portrayed in that novel, um, it, I think it's almost a little bit of its time uh, when it was written because he is, you know, cowboy boots and jeans and a, in a denim jacket and whatever. And I'm like, eh. like now I don't envision Randall Flagg that way. Like I, and we were in 2019 and I'm like, I envision Randall Flagg totally different than a little a, more like he was in dark tower. Yes, yeah, honestly, like that, like that, that style, and even Matthew McConaughey, the way he looked, that would be more. Which that was essentially what that that was that character. IMDb has James Marsden as Stu Redman. Stu Redman, okay, nice, huh? That works. Well, I wonder who Larry Underwood's going to be in. As Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail, Amber Heard as Nadine Cross. That's a good casting. Yeah, it is a very good casting. Greg Kinnear as Glenn Bateman. Was Glenn the singer? Who's uh, no Glenn? No, that was okay. Larry, Larry Glenn Bateman was another kind of a, a good guy side character. Who's gonna play Franny? Odessa Young. Let's see here. And Nick Andros is Henry Zaga. Odessa Young. I don't know who that is. Odessa Young. My one thing with uh, with Franny's character in the book, uh, she cries a lot to where I'm like, every time King is writing about about Franny. She's crying, and then she just had to lean her head against Stu because she was crying again, and I get it. She's pregnant, and it's the end of the world, but uh, after the millionth time of her shedding a tear, that was a minor nitpick. Um, at, at, at a certain but, point, it's time to toughen up. When, when you yeah, know, it's months yes. have gone by, and you've burned all the corpses, it's, come on. Yes. Now, what about um, uh, Harold? Has Harold been cast yet? Harold is a no. pretty big part of that uh, that novel. D- not according to IMDb. Okay. Henry Zaga is playing Nick. Who's Henry? Henry Zaga. I, young kids. I we don't know. Oh, Nick is the uh, the deaf mute. Well, oh. forgot about that guy. Who played him in the other one? Oh, who was that? Gary Sinise was Stu Redman. That's the that's all, and hit, which was a brilliant casting choice because he, he just that fits. He's oh, Stu Redman. He, he was the best thing in that. Yes, by far. But um, I need to watch. Now that Nick again. had Nick had his um, 
Oh, the the uh, the retarded boy with him, which I loved. I loved that character. He was so great, especially with how King wrote him towards the end. It was it was fantastic. A fantastic bit of writing with uh, with his character. Oh, anyway, I know I, who was the I know who was the deaf mute. It was uh, 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 oh, uh, he was on Parks and Rec. Oh shit! What's his low? It was one of the low boys, Rob Low. Chadlow? Oh, yeah, yes. Yep, you're right. And wasn't Molly Ringwald in that uh, original as well? Yeah, she was the uh, the crying Nadine. one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was she Franny? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, it forward was Sarah, to... Sarah... Sarah... Uh, Guan... What's... Oh, no, wait. Laura San Giacomo was Nadine. I would see, hmm. the thing is, I'm a little younger than you. I was just the right age when that miniseries came out. And I remember watching it with my mom on TV. And it was just so affecting and so good. And I know some of the effects were, were even dated that then, I think. But yeah. it still was, I, I thought it was such a good cast. And you go back and watch it now, and it, it is dated. It's very, very 1994. Uh, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it. I still kind of respect it. Matt Frewer was perfect as Trash Can Man. Yeah, it, it really needs though, and I'm I'm assuming because this is CBS All Access, and I watched both seasons of Star Trek Discovery, that they are going to have a lot more free reign to do whatever they want. Because I mean, even in Star Trek, there's I think one or two f bombs in season one. It gets it's I mean, there's a couple episodes that I would consider being TV mature. So I think that they're going to be able to really run with this because this is this is hard R rated material here. There's I mean, there's not that they're going to have it in the the series, but uh, Trash Can Man gets raped with a gun. Like, he gets anal raped with a gun. If you remember that. No, I haven't read the book. (laughs) I just saw the miniseries, and that didn't happen in 1994. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think... Here's here's another question. We'll derail into some actual seriousness for just a second, and then I'm going to kick right off of it. But with this filming, don't you think it's a, a smidge of a dangerous property to be adapting at this political climate. Cause there's a lot of people that we've talked about before that, uh, the religious end of the world they're rooting for. Oh and yeah. They're rooting th- for it. And it's addressed in this book. This book is old and it, that is addressed in this book about the religious nutters coming out and looking for any little sign that, yep, this is it. And thank goodness this, this is it. Yay. We're going to heaven now. Yeah, I mean, but what I mean by that is this story plays into that. Even if it warns about has some of the religious nutters in there, it also at the end it is a biblical kind of story. Yes, so, it the, is. so the people that believe a certain way get all excited by that and mm-hmm. are encouraged. I don't know. It's just like ugh, it makes me a little nervous. Yeah, it was weird re- rereading the book again for the second time and just how. I mean, he he nailed how humanity is, and and not just with religion, but with with trying to restart society. And like, well, but we should have guns, right? Well, we should also have bigger guns and bigger guns and bigger. You know, it's 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 like the cycle repeats itself, and it's so it's it is still easily easily my favorite book that I've ever read. Uh, round two solidified that as much as I love King's It and Salem's Lot which are number two and three on my list, they're down significantly from where... This is his masterpiece, in my opinion. Well, I just hope that uh, it doesn't 
promote that kind of yeah. like, oh, you guys should bring on the apocalypse because that'll kickstart, you know, religion, you know, that'll make make God come back and stuff. Like that's yep. don't don't do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, another topic, something happier because this is depressing. Yeah. And, and maybe it'll piss people off that Marilyn Manson is in it. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Akira, Akira, or Todd Phillips? I guess double Akira? All right, double Akira it is. So, for anybody that's a fan of Akira, me! <laughs> uh, good time to be alive if I live for another two years. But oh. uh, I believe that they they were supposed to start filming here in July. I don't know if it officially has started filming yet, but Taika Waititi's live-action Akira movie is uh, supposed to start filming. But also, it was announced that Katsuhiro Otomo, who, d- who wrote the manga that the original movie is based on, he also directed that manga, uh, there's going to be an Akira anime sequel series. And I was like, sweet! Uh, upstairs, and I can still hear him yelling. Oh, I, I heard him. Plain as day, I heard him. <laughs> Judas Priest. Okay, we're just going to move on. Uh, anyway, so the original manga actually went longer. Like, the movie came out... Oh, I can't. I don't have the dates in front of me. So it, uh, the movie came out in, like, 88, and the manga went from, like, 86 to 90. Mm-hmm. So even though the movie came out in the middle of that, there was story left to tell. So we don't know for sure if the uh, um, anime series is going to be a remake and then keep going or just a direct sequel to the movie or what have you, but there has been an anime series ordered. And I'm curious which one will get to the audience first, because I think that movie isn't supposed to come out for two years yet. And with, I don't know if it was Netflix that it's getting sent to. I'd have to look that up, the anime series. But it sure seems like they can turn those around real damn quick. They send them to Korea or wherever, and it's like, boom, you got a new, see that Voltron, I really enjoyed the first season and immediately fell off because it was like, here's season two, here's season three, here's season four. Like, whoa, hey, relax. Can I have a little breath in between each season? Can I have, you know, a couple of months to uh, uh, want some more before I'm drowning in it? Uh, but they turn it around uh, so damn quick that I guess it worked. If they made that many, there's somebody watching it. Okay. Anyway, that's it for the Akira news. I'm going to, I'll keep you posted on that because... Hey, it's essentially like if they said, hey, we're going to remake The Shining with, uh, well, they already did live action dub, but they're going to remake The Shining and they're going to do a Shining anime series. You, I mean, wouldn't you be like, ah, holy shit, I'm in. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> great. Yeah, I... Great. One word responses. That makes for great podcast. <laughs> Are we going to get together to see Dr. Sleep? Oh, you! All right, fine. <laughs> oh, you! If you want to, I—I I mean, I, my wife won't go see it. I mean, if you and I want to go see it, then sure, maybe get Steve as well. Oh, that would be. Well, a, what did you think I, I meant? I—I I said, are we going to get together to see it? And he said, well, if you want to get together to see it, I guess. Huh. <laughs> I was. I'm sorry. I was busy watching the neighbors slowly pull out of their. I hate. I hate when you're in your office. I hate it so much. Oh. I'm like, oh, the dog's in the passenger seat. That means that the guy is driving. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just start that question over. So, do you want to go see Doctor Sleep? 
Like, um, uh, like if I make the trip, would you like to go see it? Or you're like, yeah, oh, sure. I want to see it by myself, or I'll just want to see it with Steve. Um, you know, I, I, I vote like you, Steve, and I go see it, I think. I'm game for that. Yeah. I mean, that way it's guaranteed we're going to be surrounded by chomping popcorn, oxygen-breathing five-year-olds. Well, it, that's inevitable, but but we have to see that opening weekend, right? Like, that, yes. we just have to. Yep, I will watch that opening weekend. That's, I can't, in fact, Steve and I watched uh, Annabelle Creation, or no, Annabelle Comes Home, whatever it was called this, a couple days ago, and uh, one of the trailers in front of the movie was Doctor Sleep, and that trailer, just on the big screen hearing that little bit of shining music, like from the score from the original, and the couple clips of the actual Overlook Hotel, I'm like, oh, goosebumps and boners. Oh, that'll do, sir. That'll do. Goosebumps. It's not going to get any better than that. No. <laughs> Goosebumps and boners. Yep. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't awesome. have admitted that on the show because Steve is probably thinking, like, oh, great. I was sitting beside that I don't that know creep. if I want to see, see movies with that guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps buying large popcorns and asking if I want any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, uh, oh, I can't wait. I think it looks great. I think Ewan McGregor was a perfect casting choice for adult Danny. Hell yeah. And there's one, I don't want to get too spoilery because we've read the, the novel. And Steve, if you haven't read the novel yet, get on it. You got time. You get, yeah. get that done before we go see great. it. Great. Uh, but there is, there was one, I wondered if they're going to have the, the guts to show, how do I want to word this? A lot of the Stephen King books, it seems like when they adapt them, they take out the stuff that makes them, just the scene or two that makes them super fucked up. Whatever it is. Yeah. And he always slips some shit in there that, it, some, a lot of times it doesn't need to be in there. Like, the uh, the orgy in It. That didn't yeah. need that didn't need to be in there. The way they handled it in the movie yeah. was totally fine. Uh, but, for me, one of the most fucked up parts of, of this book, and I'm not really giving away too much because it happens like in the first couple chapters, as I recall, is Danny's interaction with the toddler and like the cocaine or meth or whatever. Do you remember that? It was the thing that triggered him to, to clean up. Oh he, yes. Yes, I do. Yep. I, remember. I, I don't exactly remember all the details of it, but it was something about that. There was a bunch of cocaine all over a, a coffee table or something. And the kid was going to get it. Oh, and, he, and the, and the mom had OD'd. That's what yes. I think the mom had oh. OD'd. It was just the most disgusting, horrible, rotten, foul, but it was it was vital to the story because that was the trigger that caused him to change. So I'm like, yeah. how are they going to deal with that situation? If you watch that trailer and you watch real close, there's a couple of little flash scenes in there that I think are from that situation. Where oh, he, no he kidding. Lo I... He looks all drugged out of his mind and like the room is spinning or something. And, oh, well, hey, if you're going to get somebody to sell uh, being a, a, a drug guy... Why not the guy from Train Spotting? That might work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. I can't wait. I mean, just thinking about that novel before that—that that was what got me back into reading all sorts of Stephen King novels. Was that because I'm like, well, it's the sequel to The Shining. I have to read it. And after reading that, I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to binge Stephen King. I'm going to read almost well, pretty much damn near every book he's ever written. But that Doctor Sleep—that is upper tier King to me. I loved the direction that it went. It was maybe. If I remember correctly, maybe just a hair anticlimactic, but it's been a couple of years now. I have to, I would have to reread it or 
I'm sure it'll all come back to me when I watch the movie, especially with the cult stuff. But I kind of remember that the end was a little, like, whimper instead of a bang. I I, I didn't really feel that way. I I think what... I guess, spoiler, spoiler for Dr. Sleep for one minute. We got one minute on this. Uh, I think what you probably... It just wasn't what you wanted. I think you wanted him to go back to the Overlook. And when he went back yeah. to the Overlook, it was ashes because it had burned down years ago. And I know. then there and was like, something in the boulder and everything. Yeah, you really wanted to, him to do that again. But uh, I, I still thought it was a, a very fascinating premise. And the uh, the boiler had to explode at the end of The Shining. I, I, I didn't read The Shining book, but yeah. one of his big things was that damn boiler, as I recall from the, uh, yeah. uh, the Shining the miniseries. Which yeah, I, it was, was in the in the novel, and so it made sense that the place burned down. Um, yeah, but okay, interesting. Yeah, and I'm 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 very curious how they're going to handle the whole cult thing because we're dealing with, I guess, minor. Well, you can see it in the in the trailers; it's it's in there. But dealing with kids, there's like they're after there's kids involved, and I wonder how they're going to are they going to just fully embrace the very heavy themes of the novel and the R-ratedness of the novel. It's obviously it's an R-rated movie, but I wonder if they're really going to go for it or if they're going to really cut back. I don't know. I just hope they don't pull back from the kind of magic of it all because they are very much talking about, in the book, weren't they? Wasn't it witches and stuff? Like, uh, some people were had kind of different powers. and Yeah, uh, yeah I kind of remember as that. Long, yep. As long as they fully go for all that supernatural stuff, then it should be all right to be like they're hunting kids. It yeah. doesn't get too pedophile and it really wasn't yeah. pedophile in the book. It just... They, no, they but it, t- it, it there was, uh, had an undertone, you know, this undertone of just what they were... No, you're you know. right. It is, but the reason they would hunt the kids is because the adults would uh, maybe have an idea on how to use their powers, so they go after the kids so, you know, that haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. That book was so no. damn good. I had the same thing, too, where I was like, it's a sequel to The Shining. I have to see what the hell is going on here. And I... I had low expectations. I just, I'm one of the guys that I love Stephen King, but post accident, he's been different and he's been hit and miss. And, but this was one that I, I completely agree. This is upper tier King. Yes, it is. It is. I, I, I was, I was very impressed with how, with how he handled the sequel to the shining, the novel. And I, after reading like after the first couple chapters, I'm like, okay, I keep on thinking, Kubrick's movie, and I can't. I have to think of of the novel because it is very much obviously going off of. That's like The Shining to me is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, and so it's like we're reading reading Doctor Sleep. It's like no, no, no. This is a sequel to his novel, and it is very much a that was and Halloran. It, it, was Halloran in Doctor Sleep? Yes, he was. Okay, and Dick so. Halloran, as we remember, he got an axe to the stomach in Kubrick's version. Uh, that was uh, to the chest, sir. To the chest. To the chest. It was, okay. It was but but I, so I'm wondering, like <laughs> that was a that, and that was a pretty big part of the novel. The beginning of the novel was his interaction with Dick Halloran, and I'm like, well, he's he is deceased in the movie, and so I, I wonder how they'll handle that. Well, you could you I I, I don't think it'd be too hard. Was he a big part of the Doctor Sleep novel? Yeah, well, I kind of feel because I, I was I was paying attention to that when I was reading the book because I wanted to see how much you know. Obviously, he, King's going to do it because he doesn't like the Shining novel, so obviously he's going to make it a pivotal part. But I don't even really remember what it was that he did, and I remember thinking that you could kind of drop the holler and stuff and just Danny's on his own and move on. Yeah, and it wouldn't be I that big that, of a deal. I if I remember correctly, Dick Halloran's character was there to kind of like 
you're kind of a scumbag, dude. Like, you need to cut the drugs out and cut, like, I, it's, again, it's been enough years now that I, but I remember that he was kind of the catalyst to get, to move Danny to the next, but I, I just, it's. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Anyway, so, uh, so Tom Cullen, Moon, Moon, that's M-O-O-N, that spells Nebraska or whatever. That's the <laughs> retarded guy from the, the stand. Oh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, uh, the guy from Coach. So here's the here's what I'm thinking as well because I I love Stephen King lore and how so many of his novels are tied together. Uh, I think that Tom Cullen and some of the other characters of the stand, I think that they had The Shining. Just having just finished the book, like Tom Cullen, who is retarded in this book, uh, and so he plays a simpleton, uh, but he has vision Men- mentally, like, certain... me- mentally retarded is the yes, appropriate. I mean, yeah. Yes, uh, but. He's like one of, he is one of the, sh- the the biggest characters of this book because of how unknowingly heroic he is and what he does, and a lot of that comes from from what I consider would be having the shining that he has that he shines uh, because of there are certain things that he sees or certain things that it's so cool, and so I just it, I could be wrong, I but I am envisioning that some of the characters from the stand had the shining and that's why they survived because a supernatural entity out there wanted them to live on and go meet mother apple i'm this is nerd talk here <laughs> no you're fine you're fine i um, i actually was gonna uh, help make your point as well i was looking up something here hold on a sec uh one could also make the argument that uh what's his name ralph roberts from insomnia has the shining do you remember oh, insomnia yes yep i do yep i do that is one of my absolute favorite King novels. I know that's not a super popular opinion, but I adored that book. It freaked mm-hmm. me out, and it, it. I think I see. Here's the problem: I haven't read uh, uh, the Dark Tower stuff, and a lot of King fans ties have, directly into that. That's what a lot of King fans have told me that there's a lot of crossover between the two. But yeah. I'm always amazed at his ability when he deviates from straight up horror. His ability to to weave in um, these fantasy elements. And make mm-hmm. them so believable, and you just ride right along with. Yeah, makes sense. I yeah, that's wow, that's crazy. By the time you get to the end, I, again, I've said this before, probably on the show, but if you try and explain some King novels to people, you sound like a mental patient. Well, there's I know. this old guy, and he can't sleep, and he, he looks out his window, and he has insomnia, and he sees midgets that have mm. balloon strings tied to their head, and there's balloons, and but if you cut them, the the, the tiny people will die. And you're, and then in the end, he's flying in a small engine airplane, and well, he yeah. has to go over to the to fight the Crimson King, don't you know? Huh? Like, <laughs> but he has a way of 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 just feeding you along the way. He's like a cocaine dealer. He gives you a little bit, and then the first taste is free. And along the way, before you know it, it's say hello to my little friend, <laughs> and yep. you're like, how did I get to this point? <laughs> You know, that, that's actually a good point that you make. Uh, Doc, uh, Mr. Mercedes series, which is a kind of a pulpy uh, noir detective series that he that he wrote. There's three of them. Each one gets a little bit more fantastical and supernatural. And then it's a great series, by the way. And then uh, when you think it's done, then you read The Outsider, which is its own novel, but how he brings the world of Doctor of Doctor of Mr. Mercedes into it. Now, very, very, very much fantasy, and uh, he's still my favorite author. His writing 
how he s- connects his world. It's so great. I love okay, it. Okay, now now I'm trying to find other people with the Shining and King novels. Uh, eleven twenty two sixty three. Maybe the deli owner had the Shining. Why did he pick a school teacher? Maybe yeah. because he recognized that the school teacher had the Shining. They were the only ones that could use the gate. Possibly. Why not? Yeah. The Shining is basically magic, isn't it? It's like midi-chlorians. <laughs> is that... Yeah. Um, but he, he... That's the guy that he he passed away that, like, in the... Uh, like, he passed away fairly quickly, if I remember correctly. Like, he, he came back, the deli owner came back, and he was, I'm gonna die tonight. Didn't he die? Yeah, 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 he did, but he, he wanted to pass his mission on to somebody else. Why did he pick the teacher? Yeah. Because maybe he sensed that he had the Shining as well, and they're the only ones that could use the gate. We're, we're reading too much into this, I'm sure. But oh, I know. I'm just yeah. saying that the argument could be made. Hmm, what else? I'm trying to... Oh, I just took some of my books down to st- down to the storage, so I can't look at my King collection. Yeah, uh, I mean... Uh, it's all right. We need to move on. Where are we at in time? Yeah, we need to move on. Um, Anything else for this? You want to talk about Todd... Oh, Todd Phillips' Joker, the... They announced... Or he announced that uh, it's not based on anything from any of the comics, so he thinks some he's going to get backlash. And I've had a different take on this than a lot of people are online, I, I think. I, I kind of feel like, well, uh, thank you for admitting that up front, because that puts my expectations in check. Instead of saying, oh, we're making a Joker movie based on this story, and then we're going to half-ass it. Or in a lot of cases, whole-ass it. Yeah. Isn't that okay? I I feel like that's okay. I think it's a good thing to yeah, announce. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think that's that's fine. I think that we're in good hands there. I think he's a good director. The casting was great, and the ad trailer. Uh, I mean, if they screw the pooch on this one, at least they came out with a fantastic trailer. That trailer is so good. Yeah, well, they're good at making trailers. That trailer for um, uh, oh, the bad guy team up one. That that trailer was really good too, and. That movie is not so much. Yeah. Uh, but, what was I going to say? I really love the way that DC, even though they haven't all be, haven't all been home runs by any stretch, I really like what they're doing with their director selections. Oh, we're going to make like this quasi-thriller taxi driver horror movie called The Joker. Let's get the comedy guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to make this action-adventure movie. Let's get the horror guy to do it. Aquaman, James Wan. And you watched, we, we discussed Aquaman. You saw that, right? Yeah. I was yeah. just thinking about that again today for, for whatever reason. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Hot damn if that is not one hell of an adventure movie. Just a hell of a film. Damn good. Anyway. Agreed. Uh, before I forget here, I just want to let you know, I know that you, you know, you're kind of out of the concert scene, but this is a pretty good lineup of, so Slayer, they're on their. La- they're going to start their last leg of their of their farewell tour. This is this is going to be it. So they've been on tour for what two years now. Whatever. This is the last leg. Th- these are the opening bands: Primus, Ministry, and Phil Anselmo, and the Illegals. That's a pretty good lineup. It's weird. It's a very weird lineup, but uh, like I don't Primus? think so. I don't think so. But Prim- Prim- we've seen Primus open for Slayer before, sir. What? <laughs> You don't remember? Les Claypool opened up for... Uh... <laughs> okay, I'm being a little li- liberal with the term of opening for a band, but uh, that would be 
1998 Pennsylvania Coca-Cola Amphitheater. Oh, yes. The okay, OzFest. That was like, what, hmm. year one or two of OzFest, and yeah. uh, uh, Primus was on the main stage, and uh, like three bands later, three or four bands later was Slayer. Uh, before that was Deftones. And then, yeah, Rob Zombie and then Ozzy came out and the, the, the cult party started and we ran away like the good little non-humans oh, yeah. that we are. Yep. Cause there's that certain point in some movies, people, especially horror movies, especially where groups are gathered, where they start making bonfires and circling around them and the clothes start coming off. There's that, always that point in horror movies where you're like, this is the point I'd leave. This is the point where you're a moron for staying. All those people stayed, and I guess they had a wonderful time. But in an alternate universe movie of that night, um, there were cult sacrifices, mm-hmm. and everybody got arrested. Not us, though. Not nope. us. We were roaring for home in a 1986 Ford Escort with yep. racing stripes spray-painted <laughs> on. And... I remember that. Oh, <laughs> good times. Oh. <sighs> Good times. Anyway, yeah, we survived that. That's that. That's not a thing that you are like. Well, oh, I went and did that. I know it's more like I survived that. <laughs> oh, yeah. full. Was that the one where uh, was Slipknot on the second stage? Maybe. Or, yes, but I nobody don't... knew who they were. Yeah, and I don't even remember seeing them. I, I just remember you telling me about it. Uh, but I was there for. Oh, I forget who was on the main stage, but uh, oh, dude, Head PE was there. Fear Factory. I went over to see Fear Factory because who was on the main stage you wanted to see? And then after a little while, you came over to join me at Fear Factory and you were I remember that, yeah. Fucking lord. They kicked ass. I've seen them two or three times in concert. Now, uh, with that lineup that you mentioned, though, my biggest interest there would be Ministry. Ministry is is badass. Primus, I I appreciate Primus and a couple of their songs are, are like, get you into the Hard Rock Hall of Fame, awesome. But yeah. I've seen them live at least a time or two, and eh, eh I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But ministry, oh, yeah. hell yeah. And is it an and outside f- venue? Because if so, then, you know, I'd be a little more interested in Slayer, but the last time it was inside, it's just... <laughs> it's, it's just too damn loud, man. It, it's nothing but noise. Like, even with earplugs, I can't even tell what song is playing it's just a wall of noise i do think it's cool that phil anselmo is is on tour as well the last time i saw phil anselmo he was with super joint and he opened up for danzig and he was still hitting the bottle really really hard and he was he was still really good now he's i I, from what i hear he's he's on the wagon and he's trying to clean himself up so i don't i don't know if that will help or hinder him in concert (laughs) i don't know i mean because the guy's over 50 now have you seen this new band or heard this new band? Is it any good? I have, yeah. I've heard a couple songs. Yeah, I mean, most of his little side projects that he's that he's done, I've I've liked. I like Down. I like Super Joint's awesome. Uh, this band here, they've got some good songs. It's most of it is just you know thrash, southern, some rockabillies. It's yeah, nothing comes close to Pantera though. Yeah. What about Hell Yeah? Have you heard that band? That's another super group. It's, it's like, ha- it's half, I think it's half of Mudvayne and somebody else. I don't know, other, other guys, but I, I think that's a... I thought that that was Vinnie Paul. Like, was Vinnie Paul in that band? He was, he passed away recently, the, the drummer from Pantera. He did? 
Yeah, Vinnie Paul passed away. So both of the brothers are now deceased from... I mean, the Pantera is... Only surviving members are Rex and Thon Salmo. I could be wrong about what, what band Vinnie Paul was in, but he uh, he passed away maybe a year ago. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading here. Just say what bands they were in, you dorks. Lead vocalist Chad Gray. That's the guy from Mudvayne, right? Yep. Guitarist Christian Brady and Tom Maxwell is from Nothing Face. I remember that band a little bit. Oh, Damage Plan and Hell Yeah was Vinnie Paul. Ray Arroy Moyorga is the drummer. Stone's the drummer from Stone Sour, a.k.a. Slipknot. Oh, yeah. Man, I gotta track down some of their music. Mudvayne is another band that... Have I seen Mudvayne? I saw them once at the Cleveland Agora. They were awesome. Yeah, that's... I love that band. Were you with me when I went up to the uh, Hard Rock in Cleveland to see... Ah, fuck, who was it? It was Clutch, and... Clutch opened... uh, Was it... Did they open? Nonpoint. Clutch and fucking mm. non-point, dude. That's a good lineup there, but no, I have not. No, that was me and Ned mm. and and my brother-in-law. And we invited you to that shit, and you... <laughs> the, that was in the dark times. <laughs> oh. So, there was no Eugene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's too bad. That was a hell of a show. Oh, man. And we're talking about new metal, and oh. everybody's probably screaming at the, ra- uh, the, the, at the radio like a moron. At the computer, you fucking... Talk early, movies! All early aughts, dorks. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. movies now. Unless you want to talk about something else. No, we're good. I'm sorry about the rabbit trail there. I just, I saw that no, and I'm like, good, nah, that's an good. interesting, that's an interesting lineup there. Okay, let's start off. Oh, damn, I gotta go first. Recently watched. Oh, current things. Let's talk about Stranger Things. Season three. Which I, like many, many, many millions of people, just Binged the absolute shit out of. And I want to go back and kind of refresh memories on season one and two. Uh, season one, I quite enjoyed, but correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you and I were on the same page. We didn't love as much as everybody else in the world. Like, correct. It was, yep. it was good. It was good, but okay. There was a, there was a good amount of filler. There were some filler episodes, and there were filler scenes. Like, we could have just dumped that and moved along, and it would have lost nothing from the story. Uh, season two, you have not watched. I watched. No, I have not. Uh, a lot of people like season one better than season two. I very much disagree. I feel like there was way less filler. Uh, there was there was still filler in season two. I, there was one episode kind of in the middle that I felt like we could have completely lost. And then there was the occasional scene here and there, but I didn't feel like it was as egregious as season one. And there was, uh, twice the budget. Uh, again, no, not hating on season one. I feel like it was budget restraints on season one. They, they did the best they could with the budget they had. You had one little monster demon, thing running around and, and whatever. Season two was loaded with them. And, it had this whole, I don't want to give anything away because you haven't watched it yet, but it, it, the the path that it took, I was more interested in the mystery. It had a grander scope, a grander scale to the uh, kind of horror elements. It wasn't just uh, one person is lost in the other side, whatever the hell that's called. It was the other side is coming for us. It, it, it was a 
much bigger implication. It felt a lot like uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, okay. It, it just felt bigger. Really enjoyed season two, and I, I was way more in the bandwagon. That being said, I wasn't giving that one a 10. I was, uh, you still had a, some filler in there that we could have lost. It just wasn't as bad as season one. So, you know what? Everybody's, you know, in, in day one of binging, everybody's raving about season three. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I like two better than one. Why not? This season kicked fucking ass. This, <laughs> this is the season that you and I were hoping for in season one. And I'm kind of glad it took us a couple seasons to get there because it, it built to it. We're way more invested in the characters at this point and each of their individual arcs. This kicked so much. If, if season two had twice the budget of one, I don't know this. I'm just guessing. This had twice the budget of, of season two. It, it's huge. I'm going to run down a small list of things that you should probably like if, if you want to give this a shot. Uh, you should like the 80s, that's for sure. It's in here in spades. Mm, what else? Back to the Future, that's a good one to like. The Terminator, that's, that's, that's good. Red Dawn. Um, hmm. The Stuff. I, I might just be naming stuff that they reference to. Sneakers, there's a line from Sneakers in here. And what's the, oh, the big one. The big one is, if you're not a fan of John Carpenter's The Thing, yeah, you should not watch this season. Do you like John Carpenter's The Thing, oh, sir? Oh, I do. Uh, because, you, yeah, 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 that's a big-ass part of this movie. Um, uh, the, the, the thing that kind of stinks as far as recommending this to you is that you haven't watched season two yet. So, if you go watch season two... I mean, you. I, I I. feel like you'll like it, but you're going to feel the need to keep binging right on through because that's what you do. And so you get to season three and you'll still like it, but I don't feel like you'll be as excited about it as I am because I had that whole couple year or two, whatever, in between seasons. To yeah. Where I went and rewatched the, uh, uh, the recap and, uh, oh, yeah, that's what was going on in season two. Like, I didn't even remember everything that happened in season two. So the recap got me all excited again. And, dude, I binged this the way that people were talking about binging the first two seasons. I didn't binge the first two seasons, really. I just I just kind of watched them when I wanted to. Season three was like, I got to see what happens next. Where, where I'm talking about filler in the first two seasons, this didn't have a filler scene in the whole show, the whole season. It just was go, 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 go. I, I loved it. I And, you know, a lot of people online... They're, eh, it's still not as good as season one. Fuck off. This was way better than season one. Way more action. Way more budget. Way more science fiction. Way more creatures and way, way more gore. This is the goriest one of them all by far. I, I... <laughs> dude, I, how, I, how long did it, t- how long did it take for you to get through the entire season? Three days. Three or, three or four days, maybe. And some people yeah. were doing it in one day. Here's another thing. Eight episodes. Oh, I like that. Between 45 to an hour each one. I think the last one might have been the longest, an hour 15. I didn't want it to end. And like the uh, other two seasons, uh, okay, credit to the, the writers and directors. There's a there's a part at the beginning of, uh, consider the whole, uh, each season as an arc, uh, one, two, three act structure. There's a part at the beginning of the third act of each of the seasons 
where they're in a situation that I legitimately am, I think you're going to die. Like, I don't know how you're going to get out of this. They're, they're, I don't know what's going to happen. And that's where their writing is so strong. I legit don't know what's going to happen next or how there's any way that anyone is going to survive this. You're in a hopeless situation and they yeah. find a way to do it. And that, that makes sense and is awesome and entertaining and great. Uh, but the, in season three, oh, it was so fucking good. And so just the scope just went so big as compared to the first two seasons. And I thought the second season really amped it up, but damn, this one just takes it to the next level. I, I loved it. And a lot of, there's also people saying that it's, it's, it's all fan service. It's all fan service. It's all, hey, remember the 80s? Remember this? Remember the mall? Remember how malls were and food courts? And any sequel is fan service. It's, if it's a sequel, yeah. it's fan, it's automatically fan service. What, what are you complaining about? Who gives a shit? Just shut the fuck up and enjoy it. There was a certain scene, a lot of this takes place at the new mall that they build in town. And it's gloriously 80s, Eugene. I, while the first two seasons were a little young for me, cause I was born in 79, this one, like I told Addison, this one is wearing the skin of my childhood. I, yeah. <laughs> we've now gotten to the, the, the years, I think of this one, I don't know, a little bit later 80s, where I actually remember shit. This is my childhood. Everything they're doing, they're wearing, they're talking about, this is mine. The posters on the wall, Evil Dead, the marquee having the stuff playing in the multiplex theater, even the chairs that they put in the theater, they're the old chairs, the, the right ones. Yeah. I loved it. I fucking loved it. And I would love for you to, I, I think you'll love it too, but I, I wish I could get you to watch season two and then just chill for like a couple months and then go season three, but you can't. Uh, so I recommend it. To, <laughs> hesitation there. You might get, I, I don't know if you'll get burned out going season two to season three, uh, yeah. but at least it's uh, both all the seasons. Uh, let me see here real quick. I think each season is uh, less than 10 episodes, so that helps. Right? Yeah. There's a grand total of 25 episodes between three seasons. That's pretty good. Man, I should I should just get on, on that and watch season two. I loved... I, well, I really liked the first season. There's nine episodes in season two, and there's eight episodes in season three. So good, dude. So much better. Both of those are so much better than season one. And and because we had the exact same complaint about season one, I think that you might agree with me on both of these seasons. So uh, there you go. Stranger Things season three. I know not everybody's in love with it as I am, but uh, holy shit, did I binge the fuck out of that. I loved it. I couldn't <laughs> wait to see what happened next. And it wrapped up in a satisfying manner. I, I had, had a, a certain thing spoiled for me, a death. I'm not going to say who. Uh, and, and you know, that's another thing they've done with these in each of the seasons, there's one semi main character who dies, but it is enough of a main character to be, to give you an emotional response. Yeah. And in season two, it did, it worked great. Uh, and, but it's also not a main enough character that you're pissed. (laughs) And in season three, the, the, the one that they picked and the way that they did it, 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 I, I was like, am I going to have, you know, because a lot of people are saying I was weeping at the end of this. And then when, you know, the person perished, I was like, that was really emotional. And I appreciate the writing arc and the way that they did that. But I was not a blubbering mess. And then yeah. they have this tag on at the end to end the season. And it's a very normal kind of middle school thing that probably happens to everybody. 
and it's it's not a death or anything. I'm not gonna say what it what it is, but just oh, just crying, just just <laughs> blubbering mess, and, and and nobody even died or nothing. I it just this thing happens that just took me right back to middle school when uh, uh, at. I don't. I don't want to say what what it is, but it, it just yeah. it's just a normal thing that everybody has to go through at some point in their childhood, and and I oh I'm just like not gonna cry, not gonna cry as the tears as the waterworks no, just dream. It's just like oh, but so good, so good. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I think I'm uh, more excited about Stranger Things than I've ever been in the past with this season. It's so damn good. Oh. It's great. I loved it. Okay, over to you. I've blabbed enough about that. Yeah. Well, actually, I need to go check on the boys. My wife's uh, at the dentist, so I need to make sure that everything's okay. They She popped in a Pokemon movie for them, so they're probably okay, but... <laughs> go for it. Go for it. So they're watching Pokemon. You can review something else real quick, and I'll be right back. I'll just wait. How is it, guys? Holy shit. I mean, what the fresh hell is happening over there? Sounds like he's chasing mice around. If he comes back with blood all over his face, I'm out. Big Huddy. I'm sure he wasn't just wholesale slaughtering his children. I'm sure it was fine. Ah. Hello. Hello. Oh, did you review something or? No, no, I didn't. I just silently listened to the screaming wails of your dying children. I, I, that's what it sounded. It was, as you ominously spoke in a very dark, dark tenor of. <laughs> what the hell was going on over there? Oh, so it's my turn to review a movie now. Yep, go um, ahead, I'll shut be, up. Yeah, I shall be reviewing a movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, part three of the Animal series, which is uh, in the Conjuring universe. And I watched this with my good buddy Steve, and I'm happy to report this is actually a pretty good movie. Uh, certainly better than the other two Annabelle movies, uh, which... Both of them were serviceable for what they were, but this one here, uh, maybe it's because I knew what I was getting into. I thought it was quite good. Uh, they nailed the 70s styles and look really good because this is set in the 70s. This is, uh, I guess I should say what this thing's about. Uh, while babysitting the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren, a teenager and her friend unknowingly awaken an evil spirit trapped in a doll. Uh but that's exactly what it is. And so after the initial setup, we've, you know, we get the back and forth with teenage girls, whatever, which I will say that's another reason I really liked the movie is I, uh, I really liked the characters in this movie. Like I liked the teenage girls. They were really well written and the little girl as well. They were, I mean, the little girl, she had kind of like one expression through the whole movie, but for, for her age, I think that she did really good. But I really liked the uh, the two lead teenage girls, which that could have gone bad. Because usually teenage girls in horror movies annoy me, but here they were really, really well done. The performances are what I think really elevated their characters in the movie. Because 
with the wrong acting chops. Because, uh, like, the writing itself, it was fine, but they, you could tell they were, they were really good actors. And I really appreciated that, that I was not annoyed, like, oh, you're typical annoying teenagers in a horror movie. You weren't that, they weren't that. And I, I liked that. So, the movie itself, uh, it has its jump scares. It's almost like they give these movies an R, like it's, they get token R ratings. There's not really anything that warrants this movie having an R rating other than t- t- an overall terror? creepy, yeah, terror, I guess, because it's not really gory. It's not gory at all, actually. But it is really creepy. There's some great creepy imagery in it. Uh, very well done. I'm like, up. Oh, they earned they earned that scare. It wasn't just a loud. And there are some loud bangs in the movie. There are these types always have some of those, but. What scared me the most in the movie were just, like, out of the shadow you see just a little something standing there. And I'm like, oh, that, okay, my sphincter is twitching and <laughs> hairs on my neck are standing up. And, yeah, I, I, I really liked that. So, this was a good, I think, closer to the Annabelle movies in this whole... I'm not sure how far they're going to go with this, with Conjuring Universe. Like, they have a treasure trove of different directions they could go with this because Ed and Lorraine Warren, like they have this witchcraft room in their house to where it's all sorts of these artifacts that they've acquired from doing their exorcisms and all the stuff that they would perform. They put these, this crazy shit in this one room. So is it like a trophy room or can't they, can't they destroy it? Well, it's all locked up. And so that's where their most dangerous, evil things that they've acquired go into this room yeah, but shouldn't they destroy it? No, they. Ex- I think they try to explain it away as to why they can't just destroy it. Is because the evil is that needs to be locked up or some it's oh, something. You just go with right, it. It's like right. all right, yeah, it's, it's yeah. But they could essentially they could continue this series in multiple directions, and I I'd be okay with that. I I've, I've been enjoying the, the that Lola Lorena or whatever it was called. I didn't like that uh, movie, but the Nun was really good. I've liked all these for what they were. I've liked those pretty good and. Anyway, good movie. I think that Steve liked it as well. Um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, so is this a sequel or is a pre? Wasn't Annabelle a prequel? Yeah, I I think that. Man, how does this? I haven't watched the first Annabelle in a little while, uh, but I believe that this is. Uh, see, I'm not sure if this comes before or after. I think it. I think it goes in sequence. I think that. Well, shit, no, maybe not. Maybe the second one is actually... I think the second one is before parts one and three. The second one is, I think, the origin of the doll and how this doll becomes evil. And the, I will say this, the doll is... It is creepy as hell looking. I mean, it is genuinely terrifying looking. And I like... I, it's, I like that. Back to the trophy room. So Ed and Lorraine Warren are basically one car accident away from unleashing a Ghostbusters-like hell on the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Boy, how cool would that be if they would kind of bring in the Ghostbusters into this universe and... <laughs> Take out Ed and Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I believe that Lorraine passed away. I mean, those are real people, by the way. Did yeah, she I'm looking away? at right now. Yeah, she passed she... away in 2000... Oh, no, uh... Yeah, just in April. Wow. And Vera Far- Farmiga is, she's Lorraine Warren, and you know me, I got a thing for her, so yippee. <laughs> uh, 
and in the nun, uh, Thaisa uh, Formiga is in that too. So there you go. I, I I'm guessing is that they're sisters. I would imagine. Yeah. You want to do another one? Oh, I, uh, sure. Uh, Headhunter. Let's talk about Headhunter. Did you have a chance to watch this movie? No, I was going to, but I got all uh, all consumed with Stranger Things. Okay. So, Headhunter. Uh, our friend TJ talked about this on the show last week, so I had to check it out. Hour and 12 minutes. Uh, medieval Warrior's gruesome collection of heads is missing only one. The monster that killed his daughter years ago. And um, this is a good movie. Uh, it's it's very very well made for what is obviously a very very low budget. And I'm seeing here on IMDb it says the budget is thirty thousand dollars. To me, it seemed like the budget was way higher. Where they uh, obviously where the budget showed was in the quote unquote action scenes. There are several action scenes through this movie, but we don't see them. We it's leading up to an action scene or a, a confrontation, and then. It's off screen, or you know, like you know, it's then we get an outside shot of maybe the, a cottage to where the battle is happening inside, or whatever, and you hear bangs and crashes. Uh, I can only imagine that that is to get around the fact that they're playing with thirty thousand dollars, and it is certainly all on screen. It looks really. I mean, that is the cinematography is fantastic in the movie. The costume that this guy wears even is like legit. He looks like a Viking or he, he, a medieval warrior Viking dude. The the uh, the very 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 sparingly used effects are really good. Um, to me, this almost feels more like a calling card for the director for Jordan Downey uh, than anything else. Because again, it I needed it was an hour and twelve minutes, and I could, I would have been totally fine with an hour and a half. Like this needed. Those added action scenes, they needed to be in the movie uh, because it just felt like a cop-out every time they cut away. And I, again, I understand why they did it. They did save the one, there is one action scene and it is towards the very end and it was cool. Uh, But they needed more. It needed more of that because that's the type of movie this was. It needed a more confrontation type, actually action horror scenes in it. But as it was, it was a good movie. I uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. And that is a very, very low-budget but well-made horror fantasy movie. So you should check it out sometime. There's, Like TJ said, there's almost no dialogue in the movie. Uh, but, man, someone give this guy more money. He, if you Do this. Do, like, remake this, honestly. Like, do an Evil Dead 2 on this and remake it with maybe a couple million dollar budget and do the same thing but just with more money and more creatures and more gore and killing and oh hell yeah i'm all in <laughs> yeah i'm gonna so, watch it i i just i haven't got to it yet because of stranger things and other shows that i'm watching uh but i will get to it it's, that's pretty high on my list as far as the hoopla and canopies go yeah i think i gave it i gave it i just checked here i gave it three out of five stars and that was i, I don't want to say i'm being generous but that was Kind of a, you know, giving it for the effort put forth and all that. It was, there's talent behind the screen on that one. I gotcha. I'll do a couple here real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Jessica Jones season three. I loved season one. Uh, loved, loved, hated because uh, there's so many deep seated themes of, of rape in that first season that it, it's it's hard to say you like like it uh but it was so damn well done it was 
that was, that was awesome. Season two, I enjoyed a little bit more because it felt a little lighter. Uh, and then now we get to season three, and and I it's the last one because they they've canceled all the uh, the Marvel shows for Netflix because they're probably they they are either going to just straight out cancel them or they just want all their Marvel stuff on their Disney streaming app that's coming Disney Plus at the end of the year. Uh, I I really enjoyed this season as well. I think I liked it about as well as season two, if not a little bit better. Uh, not a whole lot else to say about it other than, I, hey, I was watching it every day. I wasn't binging it like uh, Stranger Things where I got to see what the hell happens next. But uh, it was still quite a good season. And lastly for me this week is... Tremors 2 Aftershocks. I... <laughs> Now, I know I watched this movie once before, and I didn't like it, but, you know, damn it, Eugene, when I come across these VHS screener copies, I just gotta kinda have them, because it's kind of an artifact of history for me. If you don't know what a screener, I know you know, but the audience, a VHS screener copy is, they were sent out to the VHS rental stores, and to, like, screen and try and get the owners to, hey, buy a whole bunch of copies, because uh, this is what we got coming soon. Uh, so every now and then, during while you're watching the movie, it pops up. This is a screener copy. If you have rented or purchased this tape, please call one eight hundred, blah blah blah, because anti piracy or illegal or something. Uh, so you know the. It's not that they're rare, but you know. <sighs> These things are in diminishing quantities, and so whenever I kind of see one, even if it's for a shitty movie, I'm gonna grab it. I have Tremors one. Why wouldn't I grab Tremors two? And so I rewatched it, and you know what? It was not as awful as I didn't hate it as much as the first time. But that's because the sequels that came after this one were so much worse that this one I was like, eh, it's just bad. It's just regular bad. It's not god awful bad like the other sequels. Will I be buying the other ones? You know, if I would see them on VHS, I might pick them up, but that's it. I see these DVD box sets and Blu-ray box sets of all six movies. No, I'm good. And I've got Eugene to review all those for me. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I have none of those, by the way, on DVD or Blu-ray. I mean, the first one? I don't think. Maybe. No, I don't. I Meh. I like the first one, but I oh, hate all the other ones. the first one's great. The first yeah. one's the only one that's, like, a legit kind of horror movie. Uh, it, it just, for some reason after that, they're, they they said we're going to just be comedy with with no gore. That's not what the first one was. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't count the gore as, oh, we blew something up in a field and then we got splattered with stuff. The first one yeah. was legitimately scary and gory, the gore being with the people. Uh, not, not the monster they blew up and turned to goop. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they decided to go this direction with it. It's it's really frustrating, because that first film legitimately scared the shit out of me as a kid. I remember going outside and playing in my yard and being terrified of walking on the ground. Whatever. It's on the shelf. Screener copy. Yay. Uh, back to you. One more round for you, and then we're going to do uh, Coming Soon and wrap up. Okay, I'll uh, I'll review one more movie. I gotta go do... What are, what are you going to review? Because I gotta go do something real quick. No, um, I was going to review uh, one of my Vinegar Syndrome movies. Woo! Is it, is it shit or porn or porn shit? No, both. <laughs> no. Okay, go for it. Okay, um, so I'm going to talk about... Um, good Lord, it sounded like Eric just fell down the stairs or something. Well, shit, should I actually review one of those or... 
going to change things up. I'm going to change it up here. I'm actually going to review a Severin movie called Night Killer, which is actually, uh, it's a Claudio Fragasso movie. Yay. He's always great. Uh, Night Killer is uh, a serial killer uh, with rubber-like Freddy Krueger mask terrifies the city of Virginia Beach. Actually, uh, not rubber-like Freddy Krueger mask. It's, it's straight-up cheesy rubber mask. Uh, man, Claudio Fragrasso, also known as Clyde Anderson, is... Uh, he's just... He's something else. Uh, and Bruno Matai is uncredited as another director of the movie. And there is a 25-minute interview with Claudio Fragrasso on this where he talks about what he was trying to accomplish making this movie, and then Bruno Matai came on board and changed some things and added some things around, and it really pissed off Claudio Fragrasso, and so they had a big fight. And then years later, upon rewatching, Claudio Fragrasso is like, well, I, I think that Bruno Matai actually made the right decision on some of these here. So uh, you can tell that there's two different directors going about this. It's... Hilarious, of course, and this is actually the one that has the slipcover that's called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, which it is very obviously not. But, uh, oh, there's, there is actually one part. Oh, yeah, so the, the lead actress, I guess her and the lead actor did not hit it off, and they have to do like a steamy sex scene in it. And I remember when I was watching the movie, I'm like, huh, that's awkward. Hey, they, they look awkward, just, just kind of rolling around and, kissing and it doesn't look like it's doesn't look pleasant and then you hear from Claudia Ferrasso saying that uh, she really did not like him because I guess he was gay and she didn't think that he would do a good job in the sex scene because of because he's attracted to men and so she didn't it didn't work but there was actually one scene in the movie where uh, this lady she's on drugs because of shit I forget I, she, I think she uh, she gets raped in the movie and so the whole movie is her coming to grips with what happened to her, and then there's this serial killer guy that's out to wear this rubber mask trying to get her. But anyway, so she's trying to get clean because she gets on these drugs, and so this guy takes her and throws her into the ocean because she's doing drugs on the beach. And it's supposed to be a dramatic scene. And in the uh, this interview with Claudio Fragrasso, he's like, he's like, the water was absolutely freezing cold. And the the way he throws her in the water, it's just kind of sad and pathetic. And, like, he just kind of drops her in the water, and she's fully clothed. Um, It looked just miserable. Everything, Pretty much everything about the movie looked and is miserable. The weather's lousy. You can tell that this is, eh, just shitty weather. And it's not a really good movie, but Night Killer, I got it all on Blu-ray. Thank you, Severin. Um, I didn't review a Vinegar Syndrome movie then. I decided to go with Night Killer because because Claudio Fragrasso directed it, also known as Clyde Anderson. Oh, and he addresses the fact that he sometimes goes by Clyde Anderson, and that's his alter ego. So, that's I mean, something. That's, the, that's what I'd pick for an alter ego. Clyde oh, Anderson. Clyde it's Anderson is the... Wolf Rockhart or something, you know, cool. Yeah, I mean, Clyde Anderson is the most hairy-chested porn actor from the 70s name you could possibly think up. I mean, I'm thinking thick mustache, aviator glasses, you know, like the the uh, motorcycle hat, like, you know, that, and like... like <laughs> no, to, me, to me, he's the guy that gets arrested down the street and has a bunch of bodies in the basement, and you're like, well, he was such a quiet guy, he's a nice fellow, but he kept to himself. Yeah, that Clyde, huh? 
But you know, and black chaps, and yeah, I could just, I can imagine that. <sighs> anyway, there you go. Uh, that's it. Okay, coming soon. I'm gonna finish up Excessive Force Two, Force on Force today, uh, which I was surprised to discover. I yeah, I I have the complete Excessive Force collection now. And I remember liking the first one quite a bit. I had to, I went and looked it up to see how many there were, and I was like, oh, wait, I got that first one. It's such a ger- generic title that I forgot uh, that I actually own it. Uh, Thomas Ian Griffith. I talked about it on the show. It's good, good-ass shit. And so far, part two is just, just kind of the same thing, except with the uh, hot lady cop doing the, doing the excessive force. Gremlins 2, Gorillas in the Mist. I'm back on watching VHS again. Blue Velvet. I want to get that checked off the list. Powder. Uh, armed Response. I'm getting into the action stuff again. The old 80s, 90s action VHS tapes. They're, they're just delicious. <laughs> uh, anime series I want to start too, as well as continuing to play video games. I'm on to Gears of War 3. I tried to play the one that you guys picked last week and uh, it sucked. So... I, no, I, no, 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 I played a little bit of it, it was like, I don't want to play this anymore, and I only paid a couple bucks for it, so goodbye. Gears of War 3 is what I'm doing right now, <sighs> which is good, but somewhat frustrating, because, uh, ah, video game sins, sir, we gotta maybe do a segment about that sometime. I hate it when I'm in a shooting game with my AI military guys around me, who are supposedly were all trained in military tactics, I'm behind a barrier, I'm shooting the enemy, and they run, my, my guy runs and stops right in my line of fire. And I shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> and then he starts complaining that I'm shooting him. Go fuck yourself, get out of my line of fire, you dumb bitch. And I'm not talking about, oh, I took one shot. I mean, I'm laying down strafing hardcore fire, and then they run and park right in front of my gun. <sighs> <sighs> How are you? What, what what do you got coming soon? Huh. <clears throat> um, for me, I've got Robo War from uh, well, Clyde Anderson, and I've got or no, that was Bruno Matai, and uh, rewatch of Black Pass from uh, the wonderful director Olaf Eatenbach. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> wonderful might be strong. Um, uh, what else? Dunkirk. I watched that on July fourth. Um. Patriotism and stuff, so I'll review that. Um, well, what else? Uh, oh, um, <clears throat> there's this movie called Torment that I bought from Unearthed Films. <clears throat> Good God. And, uh, oh, I know. I'm, they, uh, the they, they, oh, I know. I know. I'm, I'm a mess. Mess. Uh, they're the ones that put out the American Guinea Pig series, and I guess this is like, I, I guess it's gay clown porn rape. So we'll see how that is. That's coming oh, up soon. Oh, that old bag. <laughs> it's a trope. Um, oh, it's what a, else? It's a whole <laughs> section on my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> right next to um, sci-fi and and horror and <laughs> gay gay clown rape porn or something. <laughs> Oh man, I won't even tell you how much that thing cost. Um, I'm dad. I, now I feel bad about myself again. I, that's it. I, I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm watching t- tonight. 
Oh. Uh, you're watching that, and I'm going to watch Powder, and it's about the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. Oh, good God. What else did I get from, oh, I got the, the what was it called, the Violent Ones, or the something, yeah, from Grindhouse Video. Um, and there was something else. Oh, oh, uh, The Beast in Heat is a Nazi exploitation movie about a uh, big beast creature, hairy beast creature that I guess the SS are letting, the, the you know, the... the their prisoners get raped by this big beast in heat. So, oh, uh, whew. that's well, shit. Show that no torment is tonight. Beast in heat is tomorrow night, and then we'll probably finish things off with the violent ones, which is an Umberto Lenzi uh, Polizia thing. I think. What about this crawl crawl movie coming out? Oh yeah, I want to see that. That's uh, Thursday. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. Uh, okay. Bets. Other than that, yeah. I'm actually, I'm doing some reading again. I'm, um, I'm well, trying to get caught up on my pull list of comics and, uh, I say reading loosely when it comes to this, but, uh, I'm so far behind on one of my favorite authors, Chuck Palahniuk. I, I downloaded the audiobook. I own the book, but I downloaded the audiobook to listen to, to and from work. And so I'm working on that one called Pygmy. So far, I don't really like it. And I'm going to try and kind of go down the line because I'm like five books behind on him. I have them all on my shelf, but I'm just so fucking busy when I'm home. Um, yeah. yeah. How hard is it? When do you find time to just sit down and read? When I used to do it was after work. When I was single, I'd come home. I, it was nice out. I'd sit on my porch. I'd smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey and read, you know, for sometimes yeah. hours. I, now it's, you know, come home and do shit. Uh, kids and dogs and yeah. Yeah. Oh, I my my bathroom door locks quite well. <laughs> so everything's on the shitter. <laughs> there's a lot that go. There's a lot that goes on on my shitter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And it's what's funny is like I, like my boys are now old enough that they don't have to stand on a little stool thing to pee into the toilet. So, but we still kept it because that makes a great that makes a great. Uh, little, oh, you're one of those. You got to raise your fe- your feet up like the. Oh no no no, no 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 not my not my feet. I usually put my laptop or a book or whatever. It's it's like a little it's a little reading thing or oh, you know oh, it's oh, okay. yeah. So it's like a TV tray, like a TV dinner tray, except it's a, a toilet shitter tray. Yeah. Well, my boys are old enough and tall enough now too that they don't need the stool anymore either. They can stand there and completely miss the toilet from any height. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still the same old same old where it's. It's crusted on there. Oh, like different colors too. It's like you can tell. It's kind of like blood, like the different colors of blood. Here it's the different colors of of yellow to where it's like if it's if it's dark, it's like, oh, that's a very vitamin C heavy, like a lot of apple juice drinking going on. And it's kind of crusted. And then the do, lighter do colors. Does your family have a problem with flushing? Because mine does. I, I, oh, I'm, yes. always, I'm always left the presence. I go in there and yeah. I'm huh, Wow. This looks like orange juice, and some of you need to be drinking some water. That's what I think. Because, uh-huh. yeah. oh, yeah. damn, they you ain't hydrated, and this is yeah. awful smelling. Yeah, they don't like the flush. Like, they don't like the sound of, you know, and it kind of is scary. So it's like, well, let's just let this ferment into a into a fine wine and let Dad flush it down the toilet after a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, the, and the, and the, the, especially the bombs, when they leave the bombs, that's the best. When you go in there yeah. and you're like, huh. And then you flush mm-hmm. because gross. And that whole smell just washes <laughs> over you. 
And you feel bathed in fecal flakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially if it's been hibernating in there for a little while. It's like there you can flush, but it's gonna stink in I mean your 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 time in there is it's time wasted because it's gonna stink in there the entire twenty minutes you're in there. This is where we've come. From single life, I would go home and read literature after work and have a fine brandy, and now I'm I'm just getting bathed in other people's shit. <laughs> Yet staying in the bathroom long enough because, you know, I don't have to deal with the outside world if I stay in my little cubicle here. I don't care if it smells like 24-hour-old shit. It's still, I can be on my laptop, I can read a book, I can... I can do whatever I want to in here. I can choke one out. It's I'm in my little cubicle. <laughs> not me. That's not how it works in my house. If I want to call a family meeting, I go take a shit. Because within two seconds, I'll have three kids, three dogs, and the wife in there hovering. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Every time. Every time I take a shit, my wife comes in the room and gives me a look of disappointment. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. totally yeah. failed because she had to go to the bathroom and I had the gall to come in there and yeah. try to do the same. Yeah. At the very least, this has helped me be a lot more or a lot less stage frighty when I'm out in public. If I have to go use the public bathroom, I'm like, I can, I can piss all over the bathroom anywhere I want at this point because uh, the kids, they just, if dad's in the bathroom peeing and I don't have the door locked, it's like, oh, let's quick, let's join him and cross streams. <laughs> yes, and yes. So, yeah, so it's like, I can, I can literally, I can go to any concert I want to now and I can just whip it out in front of everybody in the bathroom and I can... <laughs> Piss on my face, piss all over the floor, and I'm I'm fine because the, the boys like to piss all over. Anyway, it's I can, a do, I can mess. do the same. The only time I have a problem is when I got to take drug tests uh, because oh. it, it's just such an awkward situation. You go in there, they make you take, they make you sit in the waiting room for half. Like you go and you have to piss, uh, but then they make you sit in the waiting room for half yeah, an that hour does to suck. an hour, and then they they make you fill out a whole bunch of forms, and then they give you the cup, and then they put yeah. you in this uh, special room where they've turned off all the water. And then they close the door and turn on this loud fan, and you can hear them just outside the door lingering. And you have to oh. pee so bad, then you get that cup down, and your my bladder's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. But, oh yeah, trust me, there's no shame around here. And actually, just this morning, I was listening to one of my Cleveland radio shows, and the guy was talking about how they, uh, his new wife, they, uh, there is absolutely no bathroom around, uh, time around each other. He said, I've never seen her go number two. I've never, she doesn't, I don't even know when she does it. I don't know that she does do it. And that is a thing that is for people that have not had kids. Once you have kids and go through that process, all that shit's way the fuck out the window. Because mm-hmm. you are doing every gross bodily function around each other like you don't even give a shit. Because that's what kids do to you. Just mm-hmm. the other day, my wife was crying, laughing in the bathroom, almost fell down on the floor because I was trying to load the dishwasher and I started gagging so much that I almost threw up. And she was listening to me dry heave in the kitchen and it just made, just, she loves it for whatever reason. I get grossed out by certain shit and she just loves it. What I was trying to do is clean out these old mixing, uh, not old, but these these mixing uh, bins that we had used, I had used for pancake mix. And it had sat there like a day or two and then the shit had all kind of floated a little bit the pancake mix, and and it it was exactly like when my kid I, I talked about this on the show years ago, but when my my youngest would always drink too much milk and then stand up in his crib and puke curdled mm-hmm. milk all down the thing, all down the crib side, and two o'clock in the morning we're trying to clean this shit up, and I'd be dry heaving, my wife would be laughing, it was the exact same texture, 
And then I went and dumped the shit out, and the smell hit me of that pancake mix that's been sitting in... Oh. Oh, and I was just heaving and heaving and heaving, and she was weeping in the bathroom laughing at me. Absolutely weeping. <laughs> but, yeah, once once you deal with kids and having to clean up the diarrhea shits, the newborn tar shits, the uh, all the, the puking from the curdled milk, that curdled milk mm-hmm. smell is... Or curdled, uh, uh, that, that curdled formula smell, which, you know, yep. anything that even, I'm, since I'm out of those days, anything that even hints at it, I'm, oh, it's so gross. It's, yep, it's so gross. So gross. Oh, before I forget, not to completely change the subject to gross, but, uh, from gross to one thing gross to another thing gross is, uh, so should we mention that we were wearing the same shirts last night and our, oh, for fuck's sake, uh, I, I guess, <laughs> or uh, that damn, st- I, I own a hundred shirts. You probably own a hundred t-shirts. We have one that's the same. It's a Star Trek shirt. And every damn fucking time I put it on, for some reason you send me a picture of yourself also wearing it. I, ne- mm-hmm. I, I have banned it from the show. I, had to, I was still wearing it this morning because I slept in it. And I took yeah. it off in, in favor of this one that I know you don't yep. have. Yep. <sighs> no, because I, I mean, you sent me a picture of yourself because you were you were having to smell your wife's essential oils while watching your stuff and Game of Thrones, <laughs> and I was watching Star Trek Discovery, and you sent me the picture. I'm like, oh, I'm wearing the same shirt, and uh, I took a picture of me in my drunken stupor. And from that point on, there was 15 minutes left of Star Trek Discovery, the season finale, where it's emotional, and you know, my wife's over there like it's getting choked up, and I'm 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 in tears. I mean, I mean, I'm in tears laughing. At the fact that we're both just we're both idiots wearing the same shirt, and it's so, it's like there's less gay things in straight up triple X rated hardcore gay porn than than you and I last night. I was <laughs> uh, like, oh, we're so fucking gay. Oh, and, and I'll fine. just have to take your word for that because I don't know. <laughs> but you're. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, there That's you go. True. We're matching. We're matching friends for those guys. <laughs> oh, it was. Whew. If we oh, ever get around mess. to doing some kind of live taping of of this show, we're we're wearing both those shirts. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. And mine's getting tattered. I mean, it's getting it's getting up there in age. I had that when I lived in Florida, and I still it's it's my go to. You know, it's my it's my cozy blankie. <laughs> I don't wear it as much because it, it's made of. Um, that certain kind of cotton fabric that's hotter. I don't know what it is, yeah. but the, you know, there's different cotton mixes and for whatever reason, it makes me sweat. Like it, it it's warmer. But I was like, I'll throw this on. It'll be fine. I'm not recording today. Pictures of Eugene wearing the same damn shirt. Of course. Okay. We're going on two hours. we got to wrap this shit <laughs> yeah. up. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. okay. I will talk to you later, sir. Yep. Until next time. See ya. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.